We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the week 15 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. Britt Devine here with my good friends from PFF, Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you here. I'm on a nice little roll in football. It's been a good couple of weeks. It's going good in NBA. I'm feeling good, and uh, I think I've got week 15 figured out. Yeah, so I'm not in uh, complete agreement with you. I, I feel like this week's pretty tough. Uh, at basically every level, I feel like there's three different guys in every tier I'm looking at, not much separating them. Um, as long as it's not Kareem Hunt, uh, we will be good this week. Uh, we don't have to worry about him because he's on Saturday. Uh, Tyler Beaker, Tybo, my man, uh, what's going on this week? Things are going well. NBA's uh, going pretty smooth. Um, just ready to dive into the NFL slate here tonight. Yeah, let's have some fun for sure. So what we're going to do uh, a little bit, we do have Saturday games. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of a Saturday analysis as well. But first, I got a couple of things I got to tell you, tell you guys about uh, that we're really proud of at Roto-Grinders. On Sunday, we're going to give you a second screen experience from 1 o'clock all the way through the 4 o'clock games uh, here on Roto-Grinders. All your favorite hosts, myself included, are going to be rotating in throughout the day. We're going to have some interviews at the DK Live Final. That's going to start right at 1 o'clock. We're going to be watching the games doing drafts with you, talking late swap, looking at the results DB, showing you all the cool tools on Roto-Grinders that you might not know about. Uh, So if you're home alone and you're watching football and you want to chat with some of your friends, uh, come right on to Roto-Grinders Sunday at 1 o'clock and we'll be doing something fun for you right here on Grinders Live. The other thing is, uh, Scott, we just hit on this right before the show, FanDuel, they've got this new game type, Superflex, and I don't know what's happening at FanDuel, but it looks it looks like things are changing at FanDuel's. Finally, some innovation over there. The super flex looks good. No kicker, no defense. You can use two quarterbacks. So real quick, you're playing one of these tournaments over there. We all know super flex, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But is that the highest ceiling for the super flex teams? Uh, I honestly don't know. I have to look at the pricing, but if it's anything like fantasy aces, uh, just pay down as low as possible at quarterback. They jacked and up money. all the quarterback prices on Superflex, though. There you go. <laughs> um, so, a uh, real interesting format over there. We're going to have a $500 free roll for it. Devin, 
spam the link in chat. I don't have chat open. Uh, you guys can join that. It's going to be fun. Export that into some of the other games. If you got a couple of extra bucks, they've got some nice tournaments. And I always say whenever sites do something new, if you like it, support it. Because if you don't support it, it goes away very quickly in today's DFS landscape. I like these. I'm going to be playing some of the tournaments. Uh, I think they run Saturday through Monday. So it's a little bit different. Uh, but make sure you get into it and uh, join the free roll on Rotogrinds. Currently just 29 of you in it. Uh, so I want to see that boosted up a little bit by the time the show is done. So uh, all of the corporate fun stuff out of the way. Scott, let's get to Thursday night analysis. Or, or, I mean, do we even want to analyze this game? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Denver at Indianapolis. Uh, I'm most interested in parts of the Denver passing game here, specifically Demarius Thomas, maybe Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the Colts down a couple cornerbacks this week. That looks like the one spot along with the Denver defense I might want to target. Uh, right. So looking at quarterback, uh, Trevor Simeon's our second worst graded starting quarterback this year ahead of only Blaine Gabbert. He's top 15 DraftKings fantasy points just once in his last eight games. Uh, he is definitely not in play for me. Also should note that though Indianapolis is a uh, soft defense, uh, especially soft pass defense, uh, they do tend to play much better at home. They have one of the uh, greatest disparity in their home away splits in, in terms of points allowed. Um, but yeah, if, if someone isn't playing, it's going to be Demarius Thomas. Uh, it's going to look gross if you just look at his box score and you see like all these games with 10, 11, eight targets and just like 16. I yards. need him this week, Scott. In one of my season longs, I had the buy. I'm rolling out Demarius Thomas this week. So I need him. So I'm still sell him here. All right, because right, I'm optimistic. So uh, since week nine, he actually ranks third among all receivers in expected fantasy points. He's seeing a tremendous workload, uh, a lot of deep targets, a lot of near end zone targets, and just a lot of uh, targets in general. Uh, Sanders might be in play. Uh, this is the first time uh, he's practiced in full all week since week 11, but uh, Thomas has seen a greater workload in terms of expected fantasy points in second uh, seven consecutive games now uh and and the the volume of production is just not close enough to push him uh near dt so so really thomas is my play there and the matchup's nice indianapolis is now on uh third and fourth string quarter, cornerbacks as starters after losing Vontae davis for sean melvin now slot cornerback nate hairston looks out too uh and and already indianapolis was giving up the third most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. Uh, Thomas is only the 29th most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. He's probably my top value there, though, of course, uh, still still a good about, amount of risk just given uh, Simeon's per performance of late. Uh, if you want to look at a running back, you'd look at C.J. Anderson, who had assumed 57% of the team snaps of the last two weeks, though it's still a three-way committee, 73% of the carries, 42% of the targets. Uh, Indianapolis is allowing the 10th most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Still definitely not on this play. There are way more uh, cheap running backs to look at. Uh, tight ends are not in play, and that's it. Uh, Denver defense to Indianapolis overtime game. I know it was like the snow game, so when you fall to the ground in the snow, maybe there's some extra padding, but I don't know. I feel like they might be beat up a little bit, Scott, and the Denver defense – I don't know. They're, they're, they're kind of going back to the old uh, Denver defense here, facing Indy on the short week. I don't know. I don't hate the Denver defense. Uh, they were the nuts last week. I don't see why they can't help you out uh, tonight if you want to use them. Uh, Tyler, uh, I don't know if you've dug up any secret statistics here on the Colts. 
but I'm having a hard time finding anything I want to do here. Uh, you got anything for me? No, the secret is they're all L's. <laughs> well, I, I'm loading up on Thursday this week. I, like, I'm playing more volume, hoping people have gotten a little smart, but hoping that people load up on this in before uh, 70 points are scored tonight, right? Yeah, so it's actually a really fun 16-game slate. It just starts off terribly. Yes. Um, so it's a great torn- or a great week to enter and fade. Jacoby Brissett, he's regressed terribly after breaking out since his trade to the Colts. He scored 20-plus fantasy points just once in his last eight games. He continues to get sacked mercilessly. mercilessly. He leads the league in sacks and QB hits. I think Denver's pass rush should look elite tonight and get a look actually pretty good here. Denver has allowed the fifth most passing touchdowns of 20-plus yards this year. So it kind of makes T.Y. Hilton interesting because they've been torched deep left. But unfortunately, Hilton only runs 20% of his routes there. That's the fewest for him. Um, maybe the coaching can find a way to utilize them there. Uh, so I wouldn't really be shocked if we see a big touchdown by Hilton this week. Uh, we've seen all year he's a boom bust guy, um, but he's really difficult to rely on even here in GPPs this week, considering we have so many games to choose from Denver's allowing the fewest receptions and receiving yards to opposing wideouts. So it's, it's really just grasping at straws here and Jack Doyle. Man, he's been on the decline as of late. Brissett's struggles have also translated to Doyle's as well. After averaging nine targets from weeks six through 12, he's seen just eight total targets over the past two weeks. I think Doyle's just a tournament play only. We have seen some tight ends be successful against Denver, but it's just really difficult to say with much conviction. And as far as the running back running game goes, yeah, there it, were... <laughs> like can Frank Gore, is, is he going to be on crutches pregame here? 36 yeah. carries is, like Marlon Mack. Uh, is this like a sneaky play? I think it's interesting. Uh, if I were playing some leftovers from the Monday to Thursday slate, mm-hmm. I would probably try to play some Mac, but that's about the only way to do um, 36 carries, man. I'd, <laughs> I'm amazed if Gore is still able to get out of bed like these days. Um, Mac, he just doesn't see enough volume. So it's really tough to try to say play Mac here this week. Again, um, like I said, I would just play him on the Monday through Thursday back end. There's yeah. really no one to play here. Uh, a lot of people too, with the Thursday slate, they're going to, they're going to listen to this on podcasts over the next couple of days, Scott. Uh, let's talk about some of the Saturday stuff. People you might want to include. Uh, I'm basically fading this on all mine. Um, there are some good teams playing though on Saturday. So let's have like maybe a five minute discussion on, on these two games here. Uh, if you had to pick one or two of your favorite plays from the Saturday slate, we've got the Bears, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Chargers. You got anything good for me? Um, yeah, so uh, definitely got to talk about Kareem Hunt. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> that's illegal. I forgot. <laughs> I'm not allowed to He bring did have up. the good game. The, the, the thing with the Chiefs is they were always scoring on those spa- splash plays at a completely unsustainable rate. And if that's obviously going to come back down, if they get more normal scoring opportunities, he's obviously going to get some goal line touches it's just I don't know I don't want to play him <laughs> yeah well the funny thing is he he's helped all of my redraft leagues because he continues to crush me in DFS mm-hmm. especially stealing that uh that touchdown away from Alex Smith who uh, I had had the exposure to so really I'll just never get him right and I'm not going to talk about him uh, I will talk about Marvin Jones however uh so Chicago is about average to slot wide receivers um, but they're especially weak to right wide receivers. That's where Jones runs the plurality of his routes, 48%. They're allowing the most fantasy points per game to that position. Kyle Fuller is the cornerback who mans that side of the field. 
uh, in terms of expected fantasy points per route and coverage. He's leading all cornerbacks. So you can look at cornerbacks a bunch of different ways. You can look at it by per target efficiency, but you can also look at how frequently they're being targeted uh, as a measure of how good uh, or bad they are. And, and really teams are going out of their way to target him, target him deep, target him near the end zone. Uh, so that's that bodes pretty well uh, for Marvin Jones to me. Um, honestly, I think uh, Mitch Trubisky might be in play if someone wants to get crazy just because Detroit – uh, has been hemorrhaging points all season. They, they lead uh, all teams in combined points this year. Over their last five games, they lead all defenses in fantasy points per game over expectation allowed to opposing quarterbacks. That's not a play I'm going to make, uh, but I've thought about it. Also, Jordan Howard against their super susceptible run defense, but game script's a concern. Um, but really, I think the guy I like in that that game is uh, Marvin Jones. Also, Does, Theo Riddick, if Amir Abdul is out again. Yeah, they, they Abdullah wasn't even like hurt. They just kind of just sat him down yeah. there. I don't know. They might do that again. Uh, are you concerned? I think a couple offensive linemen out for the Lions. That concern you at all? Uh, not for Theo Riddick. Arguably, that might help him uh, as a, a pass catcher. Um, but but uh, I guess maybe it limits deep shots. Um, I, I have to take a deeper look into how serious those are. Yeah, Lions passing a ton right now, too. So I think the passing game, certainly without Abdullah, they're not going to run Theo Riddick in his, what is it, like 2.5 or 6 yards per carry uh, up the middle here. They're going to be passing a lot here. Uh, Tyler, uh, what do you got for me? I mean, you could talk about a couple of players you want here. What are some of your favorite targets if you're going to be using these on the Thursday slate? Yeah, Scott touched on it briefly, but I really like Jordan Howard here. Lions have given up a ton to the running back lately. Over the past four weeks, they've given up the fifth most rushing yards and the most total touchdowns to opposing running backs. But the thing with Howard is he's as game script dependent as they come, and you're paying a lofty price for him. I like him on FanDuel, but that's about it. Uh, Keenan Allen is a guy who's just been crushing it lately. I think we'd be remiss to not mention him. Mm-hmm. Um, 100-plus yards, four straight games, four total touchdowns over that four-game span. And- if you let's, – let's see. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to budge in here. If you were using Scott's Mitchell Trubisky – are you using Kendall Wright, Dontrell Inman? How are you going to approach the passing attack there? Are you just going to go naked Trubisky and hopefully, I don't know if naked Trubisky is a good thing, um, but uh, are you just going to kind of pass it around? Hopefully uh, he does his thing. Yeah, so that was really interesting last week, the target distribution. I'm not really sure how that is indicative going forward. I'm not super into the um, – who's the slot guy? I'm sorry. Uh, Kendall Wright play. I'm not super into that. I'd rather go back to Dontrell Inman if possible. Um honestly i'm not playing any trubisky <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know about that um i think there's other cheap plays if you're mixing around a quarterback too um that's just some of our thoughts on the saturday slate some of you guys will be listening to this over podcast over the next couple of days uh, so i want to touch on that so let's get back into the heart of the show uh we're going to do a stud a value play and a dud at each position uh, maybe we'll do it just a smidge quicker especially towards the end here but uh let's talk quarterback there's one quarterback i want this week He's on all my DFS cash game teams. He's on my one season long team that I got in the semifinals. It's Russell Wilson. It's late season Russell Wilson, and he's going to go ham uh, against the Rams. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going ham. When the temperatures drop, Russ just seems to get much hotter. He's thrown thrown multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games. Uh, (laughs) Eight straight games while running for 40 yards and or touchdown in half them. Guy just has an immense floor. He's only scored below 20 fantasy points once during that eight-game span, and he still managed to get 19.4. I, I just love his matchup here with the Rams as well. Could be a high-scoring duel. The Rams have scored 26, 32, and 35 points over the last three games. The Rams' pass defense has been struggling as of late, 
They ranked top six in most passing yards and top six in most passing touchdowns over the last four weeks. They've also recently been hit by the injury bug. They'll be down their number two cornerback, Kayvon Webster. He uh, has been playing opposite Tremaine Johnson. And Webster towards Achilles. Um, that slides in third-year undrafted free agent Troy Hill as his replacement. So I really like the idea of Russell Wilson going against a thinned-out secondary. Just makes him a very, very strong play this week. Yeah, Carson Wentz looked like the MVP, and I think Russell Wilson is going to win the MVP, and he's going to look like an MVP at home this week too. I also love Jimmy Graham. If Trey Burton and Selleck are going to score touchdowns, uh, I, I think Jimmy Graham might find the end zone here as well. Um, Scott, I, I thought this stat here, uh, it it's definitely confirms a bias we all have towards this guy as being a guy you want to play at home here. Um, I'm going to steal a little bit of your thunder. I saw this earlier in the week here. So his 10 highest fantasy games have all come at home since 2014. What quarterback do we only like to play at home? That's Big Ben here. Uh, you got some really good stats here as well, Harris. So uh, let's load up Big Ben, load up Bell, load up Brown, and just go to town. Right. So, so I'm typically known as more weary about various splits than I am just because like, uh, you see, look- I'm no, I'm known for the home world splits. That's my thing here from AJ Green long, long time ago. Right. But you could also <laughs> look at Odell Beckham Jr. Who averages like eight more fantasy points per game and even numbered weeks than odd numbered weeks. So you, you could really on a small sample size, play with the numbers mm-hmm. to come up with anything you want. But this is something I really do believe in. Uh, it's backed up by just a, a, a league-wide trend. Uh, I've done so much research into this, this offseason, splitting it by by passer rating. He's the best quarterback in the league at home. He's the fifth worst quarterback on the road over the last four seasons. Uh, same thing with fantasy points per game. Um he since 2014 he averages 8.6 fantasy points per game more at home his pass rating jumps by 20.2 um i haven't been able to play him because he's been outside of the main slate yeah i mean nobody wants to play these sunday night premier games what i mean nobody wants to play those at all right but um uh, i have been higher on him in my rankings than almost anyone else and that that's helped me uh on the fantasy pros contest Mm -hmm. his last three home games he's finished qb2 qb1 qb1 overall um pats are giving up the more fourth most fantasy points per game over expectation to opposing quarterbacks uh the pats rank second in plays per game they have been better uh recently but still i I think this game's gonna go uh way over its total and it's already super high uh so i like ben quite a bit and Jake Cutler just ripped apart the uh, the Patriots. What do this? Do the Steelers have hidden cameras? Do they have mics in the locker room of the opposing team here? Like, what is with these home road splits? It seems to be real. Uh, fire up Ben Roethlisberger this week. I think that's a great play. Uh, all right, we're gonna have we're gonna go to Tyler's value play, and then we're gonna go right to Scott's dud play because we've got a battle brewing here over Blake Bortles. So let's see uh, in house PFF Royal Rumble who's gonna win. All right, let's go, Scott. All right, this game, <laughs> this game opened with Jacksonville being an 11-point favorite at the beginning of the week. Positive game script isn't a bad thing for Bortles. In fact, Jacksonville was a 10-point favorite last week when Bortles went for over 28 fantasy points. Bortles has averaged 23.4 fantasy points over his last three outings. That was against defenses of the likes of Arizona, Indianapolis, and Seattle. Now he draws Houston, who ranks top 10 in most passing yards allowed, top five in most passing touchdowns allowed, and number one in most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Recency bias may have people forgetting how easy it is to pass on Houston. Over the last three weeks, they faced Jimmy G, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco. 
and they've allowed just 15 Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is legit. I'll give you that one. Yeah. The other two I'm not too sold on. <laughs> one touchdown in two games. Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but the other four quarterbacks before him were Gabbert, Brissett, Goff, and Wilson, a mixed bag there as well, but they've averaged 28.4 fantasy points. Uh, I really think that Bortles has a very high floor this week. Should see a lot of scoring opportunities, and uh, I'm not afraid of game script at all. As some people are going to say, that means they should lean more Fournette, who's banged up right now go- heading into the week. I think he's got ankle and quad injuries. Um, I just really like Bortles. I think he's going to be a very popular cash game play as well. All right, that was from the red corner. Now in the blue corner, trying to uh, talk us down from Blake Bortles is Scott Barrett. So I uh, have at it, Scott. So Tyler wants to talk recency bias. And sure, he's been good over his last three games, but over his prior seven games, uh, he had zero multi-touchdown games, uh, only one game hitting the 300-yard bonus. Uh, Really, I just want to break this down into two points. One, he's Blake Bortles, so that's why you shouldn't play him. But two, (laughs) this is the league's most run-heavy team, and they're 11.5-point favorites against TJ Yates, who couldn't beat out Tom Savage. Uh, I I will have one asterisk on this, and that is if Fournette is out, Bortles becomes a significantly better play in my estimation. Uh, But as it stands, uh, I'd rather play someone like Nick Foles, who we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, Fournette, uh, it looks like he finally got up to a high percentage of snaps, but then he pops up on the injury report. So we got to see how that is. The latest thing, uh, Fournette said his quad injury shouldn't prevent him from playing uh, but again, it's Thursday. You got to see what happens Friday and Saturday. Um, I, call me crazy. I think Fournette plays because he knows he's going to get his 100 yards uh, and a touchdown. Here. So uh, I don't know who won that, but here it is. PFF, all Royal Rumble. Uh, Tyler, let's go back to you on your dud. Uh, pretty strange dud, but if you've been uh, avoiding this player all season, uh, you've probably made a lot of money or you haven't, you know, you haven't had a chance to win money, I should say. Uh, Drew Brees. Giant home favorite here against the Jets here. Why are you hating on him? Uh, it's more just the price. He's the top five guy on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, it's just a very high price to pay, um, considering he's top 20 fantasy points just twice over his last 10 games. He's not showing the ceiling with the team opting to go very run heavy this year, and they've had incredible success doing it. It's been seven years since we've seen the Saints not finish inside the top six in pass play percent. And it's trending this way this year. Uh, I think they're 14th at the time, at this time. And the backfield tandem of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram has just absolutely been crushing it every week. They're 16-point favorites in this one. I don't think, after what we saw last week with Carson Wentz getting injured, I think the Saints, who have an incredible record right now, should just cruise into the playoffs, racking up wins. I don't think they want to put their quarterback in jeopardy at all. Mm-hmm. Just turn around, hand the ball off to Mark Ingram 25 times. Yeah, I think they would rather lose one of the running backs than lose Drew Brees, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, considering how well both are playing right now, yeah. Um, So, uh, dud on Drew Brees. I I haven't really used much Drew Brees. I used him earlier in the season, uh, but once we figured out that offensive line was so good and they just want to run the ball every single play, I haven't used him in a long time. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back to him this week either. I think that's a good call. Uh, Your value, let's talk Nick Foles. Uh, I guess you could just start here. YOLO Nick Foles, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do want to add on on the Drew Brees comment. Uh, I was up late last night. I was going to tweet something out where I looked at every single instance of a team totaled by uh, or with a spread over 16 over the past like 15 years. About every quarterback crushes, right? 
No, the, no. the either like uh, the either have four touchdowns and 220 yards or uh, they bust. But uh, my, my computer shut down and I, I didn't get to tweet it out, but whatever. Um, uh, my yeah. So YOLO Nick Foles, uh, Giants ranked third worst in opposing pass rating, fifth worst in fantasy points per drop back. The lead all defenses in plays of 30 or more yards with seven more than the next closest defense. Uh, they're going to be without Janoris Jenkins. They're going to be without Eli Apple, slot cornerback, Dominique Rogers Cromartie, who's great, is playing a demoted role for whatever reason. I don't know. He played on just 40% of the team snaps in week 15. Uh, their top-rated defender in coverage, one of my favorite players in the league, safety Landon Collins, is questionable for Sunday's game, dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, also, I talked to a bunch of PFF analysts uh, who said that, yeah, uh, Carson Wentz has been amazing, but Doug Peterson does not get his the credit he deserves in a league where every coach is a QB whisperer. He's really someone who has tailored his offense to make uh, his quarterback's job as mm-hmm. easy as possible. Uh, so I want to see what Peterson can do with with Foles this week and in a great matchup. I think uh, I think he does well. Yeah, like they're gonna don't do they already have the division tied up? Yes, they want it. So like. They need to like they need to put Nick Foles to the fire to get ready for the playoffs. There's only a couple weeks right. left here. I do think Ajay is slightly interesting. He finally started to jump up in uh, percentage of snaps a little bit. Maybe they lean on him, uh, but that's after Nick Foles possibly tries to throw the ball, uh, hopefully to his own receivers here. We really got to see what happens. Uh, he was good under Chip Kelly slightly, uh, so uh, I don't know. I don't hate it. Uh, I'm just playing Russell Wilson everywhere. That's how I'm, you know, instead of digging around for value, uh, Russell Wilson for me. So uh, let's go on to running backs. Uh, Tyler, you just hated on Drew Brees. No surprise. You want parts of this new England or new Orleans running game. Uh, Mark Ingram, probably the late game hammer. Yeah. It should just go off this week without Josh McCown in the picture and Bryce Petty taking snaps for the jets. I think this game could be put on ice early by the saints. 16-point favorites. I mean, that's not common in the NFL. Uh, It's normally a college spread. You'll see that. Alvin Kamara left last week's game early with concussion, but he has put in back-to-back full practices. So I wouldn't really be shocked if he does play a good amount. But I'm also kind of worried on that, considering he's been electric on limited touch. Um, Maybe they don't want to bang him up with the concussion and worsen that injury. Um, could instead lead to a lot of Ingram touches that way. And Ingram's done very well when he's been a home favorite. In fact, over the last three years, when Ingram has been a home favorite by more than seven points, he's averaged 23.5 DK points. He's just been a volume machine despite the arrival of Kamara on the scene. And I think he makes for a great stacking option here with the Saints defense. Should put them in great field position the entire day against the Jets. I mean, it's just going to be a ton of sacks and turnovers by Petty. I'm expecting a lot of volume here for Ingram this week. Yeah, I, uh, I, absolutely, I absolutely love that as well. Um, Scott, I don't know. I don't know if we want to spend a ton of time on Le'Veon Bell because Doug play Le'Veon Bell. The, the only running back approaching his workload, uh, Kenyon Drake, who we'll talk about in a little bit here, um, but he's like mini Le'Veon Bell right now. Um, he's at home. Uh, he's against New England, who's not very good right now, in my opinion. Uh, play Le'Veon Bell. Right. Uh, if you want to keep this short, uh, Patriots run defense is one of the worst in the league. Uh, and uh, there's the argument that uh, the Patriots try to scheme away an opponent's top weapon, but Le'Veon Bell's fared really well against uh, Patriots throughout his career. 
Um, yeah, good stats. I uh, what do you got here? Give, give me the stats on those. I think those are pretty good. All right, all right. Uh, the rank dead last in yards per carry allowed. They're allowing the fifth most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs uh, in games. Uh, so so last year in the playoffs, uh, Bell played on just eleven snaps, but saw six touches on those eleven snaps before leaving with an injury. Before that, he averaged twenty one point four fantasy points per game, despite not scoring a touchdown against them. Yeah, play Le'Veon Bell, guys. Don't try to get cute this yep. week. Uh, value, uh, this is interesting. There's a couple of value guys specifically on DraftKings. Uh, Scott's going to get the chalk guy and Kenyon Drake. The other two guys, this is where I'm having trouble, Tyler. It's Alex Collins. It's Samaje P. Ryan. They just fit into a lot of the lineups I make here. You want to talk about Collins, let's have a debate between uh, him and P. Ryan. Which one's going to win out? I honestly love them both. All three of those guys are in play. I just decided I've been taking the easy plays this whole season. I'd let Scott get the easy guys at running back. <laughs> Um, Alex Collins, though, I really need, Scott needs a breather after that beat down you gave him on Bortles, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's up against the ropes. Uh, Alex Collins, since the Ravens week 10 by he's averaged 19.8 touches per game, 20.6 DK points over that time span takes on a Cleveland defense here who's typically been a pass funnel defense that we target, but the Browns haven't been as sturdy on the ground as of late. In fact, over the last three games, they've allowed Jamal Williams 30.8 fantasy points. Melvin Gordon, 14.6. What a bomb Melvin Gordon is. <laughs> and Joe Mixon, 25.5. They've all had quality fantasy outings. Um, the Browns have just really been struggling as of late. Collins ranks seventh among all running backs in our elusivity rating, um, basically forcing missed tackle. He's forced a missed tackle on every 4.5 touches. He also ranks eighth in yards after contact per attempt. So not only is he forcing missed tackles, he's getting a lot of yardage afterwards. The Irish dancer has danced his way into my heart, and he's going to be that in the his, Is that life. his nickname? Uh, it was on a Thursday night football. I think it was um, Chris Collinsworth that might have mentioned that or somebody. There you go. If, if, Con- if the boss mentions it, you better mention it on the show. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, Baltimore's seven-point road favorite against the Browns. He's seen a ton of volume. Love this play here for Collins. Yeah, Collins, two yards per carry. Uh, I think he's fourth in the league behind Elvin Kamara, who's just ridiculous, Cam Newton, and somehow Deion Lewis is up there too. But Collins is fourth. Uh, very good play. Uh, Scott, real quick, him or P. Ryan? You got to choose between one of the two this week. Collins or P. Ryan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd go P. Ryan just because uh, Collins uh, is actually getting out-touched by uh, Javorius Allen near the end zone. Uh, not a lot of people are, are mentioning that, but that's a legitimate concern for me. And, and Samaj P. Ryan with uh, Byron Marshall now on injured reserve uh, should start serving in an even greater uh, bell cow. If he doesn't play 100% of the snaps, I'd be shocked. This week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that's like a Kenyon Drake thing, you know, due to depleted backfields, we see, you know, sometimes average or marginal running backs. Uh, rise to elite heights just because of that workload they're they're seeing. Um, speaking of Kenyon Drake, let's have Adam here. I can't believe we've got Damian Williams possibly coming at, back into the picture. And Adam Gase, he's only, you know, being, uh, you know, he only had a good game with Drake because Williams got hurt. He wanted to play these guys in like a timeshare. You know, you've got to pick one of these guys. I hope Williams sits out. And if he plays, I hope Gates, Gase realizes you got to play Drake. He's looking really good this year, Scott. Yeah, right. He's he's been fantastic, and he's he's seeing a fantastic workload. Thirty-five point eight expected fantasy points over the past two weeks. That ranks fifth most. Uh, he's playing on eighty-five percent of the team snaps. Forty-eight carries, nine targets. Uh, he's also scored forty-seven actual fantasy points over that stretch. It's fifth most. Uh, and well, the the matchup couldn't be better. Buffalo is allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. 
Uh, yeah, load him up. Yeah, any no matter how you look at the Bills defense, uh, Drake should have a monster game in my opinion. I'm praying Damian Williams sits out, and if Williams plays, I don't even know. I think Drake's going to be one of the highest owned players of the week for sure. Uh, you should probably take a look at him. Uh, Tyler's dud. I don't think a lot of people are going to be using Marshawn Lynch this week, but it looks like you want to have no part of him. Uh, 100% for sure. Yeah, 100% fade for me here. Marshawn Lynch playing at home. There are three-point dogs playing at home. That's against Dallas, who's visiting. Uh, really just like the fact that Sean Lee's been uh, playing several games in a row now. He's just been a complete difference maker in the season, allowing nearly two yards per carry fewer in the games that he's played. Dallas ranks top 12 in fewest rush yards, top six in fewest rush TDs allowed this season. Uh, this is a great stat from the worksheet wizard, Rich Rebar. 32.6% of Lynch's fantasy scoring has come from touchdowns. That's the highest dependency of all top 30 scoring running backs on the year. Um, to make to make that uh, stat exacerbated a little more, Oakland is tied with the Jets for the second fewest red zone trips per game. So a guy that sees a ton of his fantasy scoring output from touchdowns is going to have very limited opportunities this week. I'm not putting any of my chips in for this guy who could be very volatile this week and need, need to touch down the score. Hard to score for Lynch when you're not in the red zone. And if they're not getting in there, no touchdowns. So you make a lot of sense there. Uh, Scott, you're talking, I don't know, a lot of people like Deion Lewis, but uh, you're looking at some of the advanced statistics. Doesn't look too good for him. No, I, absolutely not. I mean, it feels weird to hear this coming from me, but Rex Burkhead's totally my guy this week. He's seeing like 80% of the James White role and 100% of the Mike Gillisley role. Uh, meanwhile, Wait, who, who's Mike Gillisley? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, over Deion Lewis's last seven games, he's seen just one opportunity inside the five yard line. He's averaging 12.4 carries, 1.9 targets per game over that stretch. Uh, he's balling out. He's been super efficient, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to bet on that kind of workload that kind of opportunity, especially when you're not seeing touches inside the 20. Yeah, I think uh, Burkhead, Burkhead's expensive, 6,400 on DraftKings. I think that's too high for Burkhead. I don't know. I think there's there's some other players I'd like to use, but you can't deny his ability to get into the end zone right now, Scott. Yeah, based on expected fantasy points, based on expected touchdowns, uh, he's well worth that price. Uh, especially in a game like this where Vegas thinks uh, it should be a high-scoring affair. Burkhead or Jamal Williams? Uh, Joe Williams. Thanks. So I think I'd take that too. So that'll wrap up some of our running back talk. Uh, here's where we get into some of the fun tools on Pro Football Focus for $39.99. You get access to all the cool articles, all the grades, all these interactive things. Tyler, I'm going to start with you with a wide receiver cornerback chart before Scott talks about his actual opportunity. What are some things here that you like to see? One of the things I was looking at this week. I'm looking, I'm looking at using Josh Gordon again. So what do I like about Josh Gordon with no Jimmy Smith? They run him all over the formation right here. You can kind of see, you can, you can click the position. You can click the height weight stuff too. He's got, he's got size and he's got weight on the cornerback. He's going to line up against the most. And without Jimmy Smith, this Baltimore defense is just hemorrhaging it. We saw it on, uh, on, uh, against the Steelers. Uh, so this is one of the things I like this, uh, you know, designating, where they actually line up. I don't know if a lot, some people know about it, but I don't think everybody does. Yeah, it's a great tool. I mean, it's where I start all of my wide receiver research, looking sure. here at the beginning, uh, mainly just to see where the guys line up, like which defenders they'll be playing, how they score in our grades, yards per out covered, catch percentage. Um, there's just so many great statistics here. Uh, a guy that 
immediately stands out to me as a great matchup. Once again, Keenan Allen. Love this play for the Saturday slate against slot cornerback Steven Nelson. He's allowing 2.26 yards per route covered. I think that's a top 10 rate in the league. Um, just an absolute blow up spot here. Once again, should go for over 100 yards for the fifth consecutive time. Uh, I like Adam Thielen too. He's interesting. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will be using him this week, but this is something if you have PFF, something you know you should probably be looking at every single week. I spend, I have this up when I'm doing my research basically every single time. Um, so I suggest you look at it as well uh, with your PFF membership. Uh, Scott, now these people know what, they better know what actual opportunity is because we've been talking about this all season. So we're not going to talk about what it is. Let's get right to some of the, your favorite plays on here. Maybe a couple guys we haven't hit on and a couple that we aren't going to hit on uh, in your article here. Um, yeah, so looking at D.D. Westbrook, he's a guy. Uh, I love, love him this week. Right, and I, I actually like him more than Marquise Lee just because since uh, his first game uh, in the NFL four weeks ago, uh, he ranks 14th among all wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game. He totals 17.7 more than Marcus Lee over the stretch. Granted, Lee did have uh, some tough cornerback schedules, Patrick Peterson, uh, but still uh, also uh, actual opportunities identifying him as a uh, great matchup this week because he also leads Lee in deep targets uh, over the stretch by a significant margin. Uh, he ran a 4.34 40-yard dash in his pro day last season, and Houston ranks bottom five in fantasy points per game, fantasy points per target, surrendered to opposing wide receivers on deep passes. Uh, we can look at, uh, I guess, Travis Kelsey, a guy we shouldn't sleep on. He's just dominating all tight ends and expected fantasy points. Uh, over the past five weeks, he's he's averaging 4.0 more than the next closest tight end. He had some bad luck last week, uh, which I think I think Tyler's going to get to. But uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot this week despite the bad matchup. Yeah, Travis Travis Kelsey, uh, superstar. If you're like he's on one of my uh, my season long team that I keep talking about here. I think like him and Russell Wilson. These are like the most. These guys are my MVPs in my team because at a volatile position, you basically know what you're getting out of Kelsey every week. Nobody's giving you this upside, not even Gronkowski this year. So I absolutely love love Kelsey. And these are just a couple of the tools at Pro Football Focus. There's so much more. It's just $39.99. Go check it out. If you don't have it, you can still get it late in the season. I'm telling you all the cool stuff, all the grades, the interactive matchups. You can click on a team, and it brings you up like the Browns uh, against their opponent, and you're just against Baltimore, and you can see all the grades of all the players. It's some really cool stuff. Uh, so go check it out over there at PFF. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, Tyler, let's get into some stud wide receivers. I don't know about this one. So last time he was in a dome and he had like one of the performances of the career. This time he's got to go outdoors. I know the matchup's amazing here. You want Julio Jones. I'm taking Antonio Brown. Let's put some cheese on this this week if you want to. All right. I think you're going to see a lot more ownership in your corner. Way um, more ownership. <laughs> way more. Uh, so I'll be pivoting to a guy who has a similar ceiling at a fraction of the ownership. Julio, I mean, we just saw it in our wide receiver cornerback matchup chart. He leads the entire uh, subset of wide receivers this week in our advantage. He's our number two graded wide receiver. Antonio Brown's number one. I'll give you credit there. Um, but he's just been a complete stud. Um, put up 40 points last time they faced each other. Could be 50. In his 11 career games against Tampa Bay, he's averaged 7.3 receptions, 123 receiving yards, and 0.9 touchdowns. 
Like that's his baseline. I mean, I think this guy has a chance to just go absolutely nuclear once again this week. Uh, we're going to see a ton of people pay up for Le'Veon Bell. I think I'll be going a bit contrarian and paying up maybe with two or three high-priced wide receivers instead, and Julio will be one of them. Yeah, Julio, do you think the second time around they're like, man, this this Julio guy, you know, he – he had all these yards and these touchdowns. Maybe we should, you know, put some coverage on him. Are you worried about that? Not at all. If you go to a pro football reference and look at Julio's games versus Tampa Bay, game after game after game, big stats. Not worried about it whatsoever. All right, Scott, let's talk about Antonio Brown. 59 targets uh, over the last four weeks, I believe, here. Let me see here. Yeah, I believe that's a correct stat. Uh, going up against New England, I mean – you're not going to be the only person in a tournament this week with Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. You got to do some funky things to get all of them in there. Uh, but if you're doing that, uh, just know you're not going to be the only person doing that this week. Yeah, no, no, I understand, <laughs> and, and and definitely like Tyler gets first dibs on the sheet, so he's made my life difficult all season. But uh, this week, I just want to take it easy on myself, kick my feet up, uh, and go with the easy <laughs> Antonio one. Brown. Yeah, he's come on, good. yeah. Well, don't even need to really uh, expand on this, but uh, uh, yeah, he's on pace for a historic wide receiver season. He, it would rank third all time in receiving yards, eighth all time in fantasy points. Again, Patriots sell out to stop top options, but Antonio Brown averages 17.2 fantasy points per game in his career against New England. Should be a high scoring fair. Worst case scenario, uh, could be plenty of garbage time. I don't know, but I, I don't see him busting this week. I will say it's it's maybe harder than you're letting on uh, to outscore Julio Jones, who dropped a 50-burger uh, three weeks Antonio ago. Antonio does like matchup. 40 every single week. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. They're really tough. Uh, I would say I, – I haven't looked at the ownership from Jamino yet, but I would imagine Antonio Brown probably triples up Julio ownership. Does that sound reasonable Ooh. to you, Tyler? Maybe double, triple. I don't know. Just considering Antonio Brown could have a very high percentage. Um, I think Julio might be close to him, though. I, I don't know. I think I think at least double, possibly even triples him up. Maybe uh, I'd second. say double, yeah. In my head. Uh, let's go back to one of your value-wide receivers. And maybe this is because you're fading Antonio Brown. You want Juju. Uh, didn't I think Juju today, this is probably after you wrote this up, but I think I saw something where he popped up on an injury report today. But uh, sell me on Juju. Oh, you got me nervous there. Um, yeah, limited a practice today with a hammy. Okay, yeah, so that'll be something to monitor. But heading into this game, 53-point total. Uh, we're going to see a lot of people focus on Tom Brady, Gronk. Uh, we're going to see them focus on Big Ben, Le'Veon, and Antonio Brown. Um, I'll be trying to get the ancillary pieces, the uh, Rex Burkheads, the Jujus. Um, just little, the Chris Hogan. Yeah, the Chris Hogan, the cheap little pieces where I have access to this high-scoring game without having to pay a ton of my salary in the process. I uh, just really like Juju here for a number of reasons. He, after serving his one-game suspension, um, he should be in a great spot here. Well, the hamstring's kind of worrying me now. Uh, but big I think ben, he had a hammy earlier in the season, too, if I remember off the top of my head. I, I know something did hamper him. Um, but Big Ben is coming off a monster game, just threw for 500 yards against a tough Ravens secondary. Prior to Juju's suspension, he ranked fourth over his last four weeks played in yards after catch. Uh, something that I've been trying to focus a little bit more on, um, considering wide receiver cornerback matchups. Um, 
the, I don't know. We, we've dove into that before, but I won't go into it right now. But I think yards after catch is a, a stat that I want to dive into a bit more in the offseason. But I think he draws a really exploitable matchup here against slot cornerback Jonathan Jones. Um, he's allowing the highest yards for route covered among New England's starting cornerbacks who have done a pretty good job of shadowing each of their respective wide receivers for the past few weeks. Um, Juju's certainly more of a contrarian option, which is what initially made me gravitate toward him. Um, I just think he's a great way to gain access to this game. Should see a lot of volume, should be a shootout. I just really like him as a value play. Yeah, the hammy, it was about three or four weeks ago, kept him out of a game. Got to see how that is. I don't know if it's the same leg or not. Uh, That's something to keep an eye on for Friday. He got an illimited practice today. Uh, I don't know. He's probably going to suit up, in my opinion, if we get him a limited practice. Uh, a value a wide receiver for Mr. Scott Barrett. Jamison Irish Crowder. I like Kirk Cousins, and this is very easily the exploitable matchup uh, for the Washington pass. Right. He runs 75% of his routes from the slot, which means he'll avoid Patrick Peterson. Uh, Cardinals are surrendering the 10th most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. He averages 9.2 targets per game over his last six. Uh, way too cheap. Yeah, sign me up. Play Jamison Crowder. I want to throw a couple other uh, names against the wall here and see what sticks here. So I'm looking at guys, Josh Gordon this week. He's someone I'm looking to use this week. Does anyone have any hot takes on Gordon? I know he's 6,800. We've got Jordy Nelson. A lot of people are talking him. Aaron Rodgers wants to juice him back up, apparently. He said here he wants to get Jordy back the ball. Uh, uh, Jarvis Landry seems to catch touchdowns every single week now. Tyler, you got any thoughts on those three guys? Three guys I'm heavily considering. Uh, Josh Gordon's interesting. I think we'll con- we'll continue to see him get a lot of ownership, considering he's just a superstar that people have been dying to play. I think I'd rather play Corey Coleman, who should come in at a fraction of the mm-hmm. ownership. Um, I do like the other calls, though. Um, yeah. Scott, and two, uh, two cheap plays, too. So there's um, – who's the Carolina receiver? Demarius Bird? No. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you know about him? He's fast. He's athletic. And then uh, who was the one Giants receiver last Roger week? Roger Lewis, but he's hurt. Yeah, so we got those guys. You, you got any interest in either of those two cheap plays this week? If if, imagine, if Lewis suits up, uh, 11 targets last week. So if, if Lewis, like, let's say hypothetically practiced in full all week, I would much, much prefer him over Bird and wouldn't be close. Uh, as it stands, I'm, I'm definitely souring on Lewis, and I'm probably going to have zero exposure to Bird. Um, and then D.D. Westbrook, we talked about him. Uh, lots of wide receivers in this mid-tier, I think you can give a play. Uh, Tyler mentioned Corey Coleman. I think he's interesting. Everyone's going to go to Gordon. Uh, Coleman can certainly get a gun, too. His matchup, just as good as Josh Gordon. They move him all around the formation as well. Uh, a couple of dud wide receivers. Uh, Tyler, I don't know. We talked about Marvin Jones. And you want to dud on Golden Tate on the Saturday night slate. So if you're playing that super flex thing on FanDuel, the free roll that we have, Devin, go ahead and blast that uh, link back in the chat if you have it handy. Uh, why no Golden Tate? Well, particularly on Fandle, uh, with their half PPR scoring, Golden Tate's not a guy you normally want to target heavily there. But I think it was Evan Silva that pointed out Golden Tate has really struggled against Vic Fangio's defense over his past four games. He's put up the following receiving stat lines, three for 32, six for 58, one for one, four for 34. Hasn't scored a touchdown, struggled against – um, the coverage there, Bears slot cornerback Bryce Callahan has been a top 12 slot cornerback this year. He ranks number 35 overall among all of them. He's held opposing wideouts to just 0.89 yards per out covered. That puts him in an elite category over guys like Desmond Trufant, 
Marshawn Lattimore, A.J. Boye, um, Callahan's posting a better yards for a cover than them. Well, we certainly have volume to worry about with Tate. He's already had 100 targets on the year, but he's less than eight per game. Um, so I'm not really sure if he's seeing the number of volume we've typically seen from him with the emergence of Marvin Jones out here. But the, just the presence of Callahan here just really makes it a tough matchup. There's so many wide receivers to choose from. Tate won't be one that I choose. Uh, and you want to dud on a Sterling Shepard. Now we saw uh, the other Giants wide receiver get all the targets last week. I don't think Shepard was 100%. And uh, I think he practiced Wednesday, but he was limited today here. Are you just not, are you just not concerned he's healthy at all? Yeah, that's definitely a concern. Like I said, I, I much prefer uh, Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the easiest matchup possible last week. Cowboys were allowing the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. He totaled just 16 yards. The Eagles, meanwhile, are allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. Uh, and that's where he runs 83% of his routes. Patrick Robinson has been fantastic this season, our number three graded cornerback. Uh, pass on Sterling Shepard. I would agree on that. Uh, moving on to tight ends, Tyler stud of the week. We already hit on him a little bit here, but let's talk about Travis Kelsey. Again, this is one of those Saturday plays. If you're playing these Thursday games, don't forget about these Saturday ones. I don't, I think this was one of my rookie mistakes. Like my first year playing NFL. Uh, I forgot to check my dummy lineup one time on these Thursday night games. And I had like three players who didn't even see the field on my Thursday game when the Saturday games first got introduced. So make sure on Saturday, if you're running dummy lineups, you don't have them in there. A uh, quick little tip here. Uh, well, let's get Kelsey onto some of those teams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last week he killed a ton of lineups. I'm sure I'm not the only one who was tilting from his lack of. I had Alex Smith, um, but I, I faded Kelsey. So I was like, uh, I don't know which side of that I wanted. It's <laughs> uh, tough because Kelsey could or Kelsey and Smith could have been in for a monster stack. Um, I'm going to go back to the well here. Process over results. Uh, the Chargers aren't particularly strong or poor against opposing tight ends, but ju- the sheer volume that Kelsey see makes him nearly matchup proof. He's averaging 8.2 targets per game, nearly 15 fantasy points per outing. He ranks first in both reception and receiving yards and second in receiving touchdowns among all tight ends this season. He's seventh in the NFL in red zone targets. I don't see why you'd like to fade him here. I think he's a great play. Yeah, I think you can go ahead and fire up Kelsey. Scott, you want to play a uh, tight end who is uh, against a team who's number one in DVOA against the tight end and is the third toughest uh, pass success rate against them as well over the past six weeks over on Sharp Football. But I'm with you, my friend. I don't care. Gronk smash getting in the end zone at least once this week. So Pittsburgh has been one of the best defenses against tight ends this year by, like, like you said, almost every metric you can look at. Definitely agree. Uh, but what's interesting is over Gronkowski's career, mm-hmm. uh, he has three career 29 plus point games against Pittsburgh. Uh, that's in just five career games against Pittsburgh. And he still went over 90 yards in the other two. And one of which he also scored a touchdown uh, for perspective. Jordan Reed has just three career 29 plus point games, period. Uh, he's Rob Gronkowski. And, and what Gronkowski typically does is he Gronks. And I think he's going to Yeah, he Bronx and he smashes. I think that's what he's going to do this week. And you can really see they missed him in that lineup. They can they can live without Gronkowski or Edelman, I think, but they can't survive without both of them. And I think we saw that a little bit last week. Uh, Gronk, too, like a guy with some injuries gets a week of rest in the middle of the season. That sounds pretty good for Gronkowski, in my opinion. He's going to come back fresh. Uh, I, I like that play. It's really tough to pay for him and get pieces – uh, Roethlisberger or Bell and Brown 
Uh, but if you want to be a little contrarian, I think you can use Gronkowski uh, pretty easily this week. Um, value play. So I did the uh, the cash show for our premium members here on Roto Grinders earlier today, Tyler, with Chop and Hoop. And we originally had in Jimmy Graham, but we wanted to play all the other really good players. So we had to drop from Jimmy Graham down to Charles Clay. He's 3000 on DraftKings and uh, with Tyrod Taylor back. Uh, the Dolphins stink, uh, I believe, against tight ends as well here. It looks like a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. You summed it up pretty well there. Um, Clay is one of the few value plays I can play with any conviction. Value plays are very hard this week. I feel like you either have to pay up or try to guess with which one. Um, but Clay's a guy I think you can roster uh, safely and confidently. He's got a great matchup here against Miami. They're allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. In fact, they rank top 10 in most receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns to the position. Uh, it's also the mini narrative of him playing his former team. Last time he played Miami, he went off for eight, 85, and two scores. Uh, I, I think Clay's a safe play now that we know Tyrod's playing. Yeah, I think uh, Clay on DK specifically. I haven't looked at what his price is on FanDuel, but that 3K really allows you to do some of the things you really want to do with your lineup this week, like play the good players from the Steelers-Patriots game. So uh, I think Clay's going to kind of inch up in ownership as the week progresses. Uh, Delaney Walker for you, Scott. Uh, not as cheap as Clay, but... I don't know, the, really the only passing option they have in this offense right now. I don't think Mariota, uh, I don't know if he's just been hurt all season, but he's not having a good year, but he just still kind of funnels ton of uh, targets to Walker every single week. Right, so he's uh, a guy who stands out in terms of expected fantasy points. He's really cemented himself as the team's top receiver, uh, especially in recent weeks. Uh, over the last five weeks, he ranked second among all tight ends and expected fantasy points per game. Uh, he ranks fifth over the course of the full season. Uh, he's been fairly efficient as well. No Jaquiski Tart means this is at worst or at best, uh, you know, at worst uh, an average matchup for him. Uh, so like Walker, I think he's uh, way too cheap given expected uh, workload. Um, so Tyler, you're dud here. I have a little bit of beef. Nobody's going to play him. But dude's been balling out here, and the Lions love to pass. Uh, they, they have no run game anymore. If, if Abdullah sits, they're going to be passing a lot. They pass a lot in neutral situations. It's just getting Ebron targets. And I don't know. I don't hate Eric Ebron this week. So why do you got him as a dud? Because uh, last week was pretty fluky. He went off 10 catches, 94 yards on 11 targets. We've been waiting for like five years for this to happen. I <laughs> Imagine if that happened week one, like what the, everyone would be chasing Ebron, waiting for it to reproduce like week after week after week. Um, but it's been a really tough year trying to roster Ebron. It's only the second time he's cleared 50 yards this week. It's the first time he's had more than four receptions in a game all year. He ranks sixth on his own team in red zone touchdowns. Like he's just not being used the way we thought he would. I'm not rostering him whatsoever this week. Yeah, Chicago, I don't know. It's a pretty neutral to slightly – negative matchup I think if I'm looking at a whole bunch of different statistics across the industry on them I don't know I just think they have to pass if Abdullah sits they're just going to be throwing and throwing and throwing and there's going to be targets in that offense I think Ebron has a good chance to get him but you don't really you don't like the possibility of him getting in the end zone is kind of what I'm guessing yeah and it hinges totally on touchdowns when you're looking for tight ends uh, Scott, I'm completely with you on your dud because I want the other tight end on this team who's really starting to outsnap them. Uh, Cameron Brait, the matchup uh, for the Buccaneers. Uh, what did I have up here? Let me let me give you some of my stuff here. So over the past uh, six weeks 
a 65% success rate to tight end targets per sharp football, highest in the league. Uh, we're done on Cameron Braid. I like OJ Howard quite a bit this week. Right. So uh, last week, Braid saw a season low 35% of snaps, just one target. OJ Howard saw five targets, played on 79% of the team snaps. Uh, everyone thought this was like, this happened this was trending this direction over the prior five games or whatever people thought that was just Ryan Fitzpatrick, but no, it looks like the team's making a more concerted effort to get OJ Howard playing time over Bray. I'm with you. I'd rather play Howard at a cheaper price. Yeah. I think Howard's a pretty good play here. Uh, Real quick, Tyler, any other players pick a position and I'll give you 30 seconds uh, to give me a couple stats on a couple of guys. All right, uh, I'm going to go with a QB t- QB wide receiver stack that I'm super into this week that I'm not sure it's getting enough public like um, publication. Uh, Case Keenum to Adam Phelan. Phelan leads all wide receivers in yards after catch since week 10, sporting a 45% market share of air yards. He's seen a ton of yards after the catch and big plays downfield. I love stacking him with Case Keenum. Should be low-owned this week. Yeah, I got a, I got also, a, I got a feeling as well. So I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Also, Darquise Denard, their slot cornerback, is dealing uh, with an injury. I think he's questionable to play. Uh, and Thielen's playing about forty-five percent of his uh, routes from the slot over the past few weeks. All right, guys. So we're going to get on out of here. Thanks for watching the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto Grinders for Scott Barrett, for Mister Tybo, Tyler Beaker. I am Britt Devine. Go check out that Pro Football Focus subscription over there. And we outcha.